Pai, and thanks for joining us for another episode of Enlightened Conversations. Each week, we invite guests to share their views on the world, work, and their personal lives in an enlightened way. Our hosts have been chosen especially to role model just how we do an enlightened conversation. This episode is produced by Michelle Lightworker and sponsored by the Lightworker Foundation. shortly with a wonderful soul sister friend uh, who's also got a Greek heritage which was a lovely coincidence when we met to find out. Um, beautiful Stephanie Nassis will be joining me very shortly all the way from Toronto in Canada and I'll let you know a little bit about uh, Stephanie so that uh, we can fill you in on her amazing journey. Uh, today we're going to be talking about we both felt guided to talk about how uh, travelling um, can expand our consciousness. Um, we're both uh, very keen on travelling and that's how we met. So it makes total sense to be talking about that. Hi, Jack. Great to see you, sweetheart. So without further ado, I am going to read Stephanie's bio for you. Stephanie Nassis uh, is a holistic also a mental health educator, a, a meditation facilitator, and a trauma-sensitive PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder, yoga instructor. What a beautiful kit she's got. She also featured in my Enlightenment Activation documentary, um, and we were focusing on brokenness, the opposite of wholeness, but we were speaking to how wholeness is. Uh, medicinal for our well-being and how we can perceive ourselves as broken when we're not indeed never broken um, so also owing to her passion for new age thought Stephanie has become an intuitive consultant and speaker and she's an emerging leader in well-being and spiritual awakening having been featured in a number of international documentaries on the subject she's very exciting and Stephanie is committed to driving humanity forward through increasing consciousness and awareness. So we're very much aligned. She teaches people to thrive instead of stalling in purely survival instinct mode, helping them to discover their true potential, tapping into their great, greater consciousness, releasing blockages and moving forward. She has a unique ability to uncover outdated personal belief systems. Oh. That's interesting because I discovered one this morning with a friend. Enlightening people as to the magnitude of power that per personal beliefs wield. She is passionate about empowering people to live happier and healthier lives, discovering their true potential, and her method is to rely upon unconventional transformation, transformative spiritual techniques to empower personal transformation from within. Nearly 20 years as a first responder. 20 years as a first responder. Stephanie has come to intimately understand the body, mind, spirit connection, going on to develop her own spiritual survival technique. Now I know that we have some technological 
stuff happening. I'm going to, I, I just let um, our viewers know all about you because I, while you were trying to come on, I, um, I, I read out your bio and okay. so I've already done that. So that's really awesome. You're, you're, you're an incredible being and I, I had the pleasure of meeting you last August when you flew, yeah. when you flew in from Toronto for the paradigm shift. And right. and um, and and quickly discovered that we were both uh, adventure lovers. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And um, we loved our adventure, and we loved our um, we just loved our nature, connecting to nature. Like it was instantaneous, like you know, obvious, obvious and instantaneous. Um, right. We ended, just for everybody to to know, we we ended up hanging out, went up to Mount Tambourine, didn't we? And went yes. to the rainforest and and just took a million <laughs> pictures. <laughs> yep, yep, and it was fabulous. Really loved it. And then when you, yep. and then um, then you went you then you went up to the Sunshine Coast and we we saw the coastline together. Spent some time taking photos. Coming back down the beaches and really enjoyed that. And. Yeah. I remember you kept asking me, where should I go next? Where should I go next? And I said, I really feel like you need to go to Uluru. It's awesome. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Um, I think I was kind of debating on Coral Reef or Uluru, but I was really drawn to Uluru, and then you told me that you had been there. Yeah. Uh, it was definitely a trip for you. Oh, yeah. Oh, incredible. I just, uh, <laughs> I know for me, like, when I first went there, I, I um, when I, my, when the plane touched down, I burst into tears. I, um, you know, this was just a feeling of my heart, my heart exploding, um, yeah. and um, and I was on my own at that time. And then I remember having this amazing connection with the rock, and you know, I, I didn't actually climb the rock, but I, I just basically um, I call it a rock, but it's for me it's a spiritual being. And I, I remember you know uh, leaning up against it and just feeling all this information come through my chakras about how to balance each chakra, you know? Um, right. It was incredible. It went right from the top all the way down to my base. And, and I felt like the the, um, the knowledge of Uluru was about how to balance this masculine and feminine yin and yang in each chakra. And I got, right. I, I downloaded that information as I was sitting up against Uluru um, back in 2000 and Six was at the beginning of the year, I think, or 2005 at the beginning of the year. Yeah, I have to check my my, my dates. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, well, Tony and I went back um, together on our honeymoon in 2010, and um, sorry, 2009, and I was like hoping that Tony would have the same connection as I did. And um, when he came up to the rock, he started weeping. And I was like, oh, thank God, you know. And he's not a crier, but he just had this emotional experience with it and just went, whoa, whoa, this is, this is full on. And um, we ended up walking around the rock together, um, the spiritual being together. And I noticed as, yeah. I, as we were walking around it, I noticed that at different points of the, the actual rock itself there was 
a lot of different beings, like different energies as we walked around. Did you walk around it? I haven't asked you about that yet. Yeah, so, yeah, you walked around the entire thing, right? Mm-hmm. And how long did it take you to walk around it? Oh. Yeah, I think, look, for us, we didn't um, time it. We just made a day of it because we stopped and meditated and things like that. It wasn't, you know what I mean? We didn't just, like, walk around it. But it was probably a good couple of hours, you know? Right. Yeah, yeah, I think it took about three hours Yeah. to, to walk around it. But it, it was absolutely magic, magical. It was one of the probably the most uh, euphoric places I've ever been. Yes. It was quite beautiful. Yeah. Exactly what you said. Yeah. Yeah, I could definitely see the energy from it. Uh, and we ended up, uh, I was there with my cousin, and we ended up uh, actually uh, renting a helicopter. And we ended up going over Lake Amadeus, oh. which is one of the the salt uh, lakes left in Australia. Oh, okay. So apparently when, you know, 500 million years ago, when it, you know, all of that area was covered with the ocean, yeah. it, a lot of it had just dried out, and mm -hmm. what was left of the last bit of salt from the ocean um, dried up and became like quicksand salt lakes. So there's pockets. I'm going to send a picture. Okay. If I can post it up for you. Yeah. It's a I was gonna see if I could. I, I actually, and you know, the funny thing is, because I took some. If you remember, I was like a bit of a picture holic, so I ended up taking almost seven thousand pictures. Oh total. yeah, I know. I was celebrating with your sister. <laughs> tons of pictures from there. So yeah, lots of energy, uh, and I'll, I'll see if I can post those as well. Yeah, cool. Oh, I'd love. I'd, yeah, love to. Um, I'll post some of mine as well. Um, of my trip to Uluru with myself alone and with, with Tony. Got heaps of them, millions of them as well. Um, just such a, uh, I felt like back in, it was probably, um, might have been before or after we came back. I think it might have been after our honeymoon, we came back. And I actually, yeah. I actually had like a um, initial meditation to, um, I was called to go to these different sites where where people had died, you know, like nine one, like Ground Zero, on you know nine eleven, and um, and and I was I was I was being spiritually coached basically to help help light workers um, who were still there, trying to help everyone as you do, you know, um, to, right. to move on, and I was doing that for a few months, and then um, I was guided to create like a sort of spiritual center energetically at Uluru for, for um, to, to educate people um, on how to help lightworkers to cross over. And they would come to me and ask these questions. And honestly, Stephanie, I didn't know the answers to them at all. Um, but, I, but, but what would happen is they'd ask the question and then all of a sudden I'd know the answer. So I was learning. Yeah. <laughs> I know this is a weird thing that happens with me. I learn as I teach. It's kind of a weird thing. And, and, um, and so after a while they stopped coming and this was, I would turn up, you know, each day or each week, whatever I was guided to do. And then they stopped coming. I'm like, what am I doing wrong? And then I got the message, no, no, you're doing everything right. Um, you know, enough people now know how to help a lot of the lightworkers cross over because there was a big, almost like a big, um, like a jam up funnel of no, lightworkers not, not passing over. It was just a, sort of like an epidemic or something. 
Um, so that was massive. That I, I, and so I have a huge connection to Uluru because of that now. And I haven't actually been there since that. You know what I mean? So I'm the next time I go to like physically, I'm talking physically, obviously. The next time I go to Uluru, I can only imagine what it's going to feel like after having that kind of connection with the place. You know? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And like all of my senses were just super heightened yeah um yeah i just you know the information that i was getting and the feeling that i had and i was just i felt so peaceful yeah um and it it was almost like this you know oh you've dropped out we've lost you i don't want that to happen i don't like that so we'll find a way around it for next time but anyway tell me more about your um your uluru experience um so I had like some. Uh, do, do you know where Kings Canyon is? Did yep. you end up making it up oh, there? I know, but I, I, I so wanted to go there, so I obviously need to go there. Oh my God! So I went there. We um we rented a car, and it was about a four-hour drive away from yeah. the route. Yeah. But the time here I went, it was pitch black by six thirty. Right. So the sun was so. We had left, I think, at around 11 in the morning. By the time we got there, the sun was just starting to mm-hmm. kind of go down a little bit. Yeah. But, oh, my God, it was like it was like the energy was even more profound than Uluru. And I found that there was orbs everywhere. And there was a particular area where it said nobody was allowed to enter. Yeah. Um, and actually, video footage on it, I actually believe that I, I caught some whatever, some object or some activity some supernatural paranormal activity that was happening there. Yeah. And it, it spooked me out pretty bad. And I don't get scared yeah. that easy, but this particular incident, yeah. we were kind of jumping in the as fast as we could to get back. Wow. Because it's all desert. So yeah. and there's yeah. no light. So when it was when it was dark, it was pitch black yeah. and you could not see anything. Yeah. Um and and there was nothing. There were no cars on the road at all. Yeah. I think we saw one in four hours. But um, as I mentioned, it was just, uh, it was it was beautiful. I think my favorite was Lake Amadeus. Really? I've never seen anything. Yeah, did you get, you got to see that, right? No, no, I haven't been there either because we, the both times that I went there, I um, wanted to really fly above Uluru, walk around Uluru and just make it all about Uluru. And then also when I was, and I didn't have much time. And then also when I went on my honeymoon, we had time for Uluru and then one other thing, and I, we decided yeah. to go to the we, we decided to go to Katatuga, the Olgas, and yeah. when we went there, the energy was like, um, oh my God, so joyful and so happy, and like little children were everywhere. The Olgas are like these 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 scattering of little rocks everywhere on top of each other, and and it just felt like a whole like a whole energy of children. And um, yeah. it was so beautiful. We couldn't stop laughing like the whole time. We, I mean, we took videos. And we're like, oh my god, we're so happy. And we just felt that <laughs> the energy was just amazing. It was so joyful. And yeah, I I don't know. I mean, it's just I could I could literally go back there in that whole area, like for a, oh, for ages. Did you go in the Valley of the Wind? No. It sounds like you so did more than me. <laughs> Sounds like you did, you did more than me. 
Oh, you know what? I'm going to try over there. There's one particular area that says Valley of the Winds. We're like, okay, well, how about can the wind be? So we go in there. Like, my hair was literally up in a mohawk. It was, <laughs> we were like grasping. I don't know, some tunnel. And it was like dragging us. And we were literally slipping on the rocks. That's how windy. It was like a tornado. It was, I've never experienced anything like that. Can you imagine Stephanie's awesome, hair though. up in the air in a mile? I was crying, <laughs> not because I was emotional, but because the wind was so hard yeah, on my yeah. face. It was making me tear. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, okay. Uh, it makes me so excited. Um, the, it, the hardest part for me isn't deciding, you know, are any of these areas are going to evolve and expand my consciousness for me the hardest part is choosing which ones to go to next that's the hardest part because i want to go to all of them i could just when when tony and i came over to us and canada um in june last year um it was the first trip we came back from where we said you know what we could just keep going we could just keep going and 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 we just felt so satisfied as we were traveling we didn't feel like we were homesick we didn't feel we just felt like we're meant to be traveling do, do you get that feeling yeah. too you know what i've been thinking about that now like all i want to do is just you know travel explore and just go and kind of do some soul searching and discover the world uh, my next bucket list place, or should I say lifeless place, is Sedona, Arizona. Oh my god. They have energy there. Oh my god. The angel of death. Yes. No, no, the valley of I I loved it. We we didn't we didn't actually um we just had no idea when we went there how much of an activation it would be for us. And we had one. We had one day, one day on the way from um, um, Utah to the, to Arizona. One day, and we were told go there, go to every single high energy vortex place in the one day. This is this was the guidance. I'm like, oh, what? Anyway, so we get the map out and we're going. Okay, this is where we're guided to go. Next is that one, and next is that one, and we just said okay. And we're all all we did was Seth was we said the, it's not anything but what they're saying just go there don't 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 have to spend heaps of time there just go and everywhere right. i went i got a message an activation everywhere i went um and it was like crown or third eye or this is relating to the throat or whatever it is and i just got um bang 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 and i said why if this was such a powerful place why why only one day you know because i would have i could have you know easily spent weeks there and they said and my guidance was because you can handle it in one day and not many can so you know it which was a really good validation for me um sometimes people go there and they can't handle that they, they simply cannot handle the energy because they're not used to it you know and and could send a bit nanas um, or they get really ungrounded and whirly, just like the vortexes of energy that are drawn on the map. I love that the local map had vortexes, vortexes of energy on them. <laughs> you know, honestly, I want to go to the pictures look so beautiful. Oh. It looks, did you take, did you capture any vortexes in your photos? Oh, I felt so many, like so, I was in the middle of so many of them. I could feel them and I could sense where they were. And there was one I didn't actually have to even go near and we we're in the car park and we'd run out of time but I said I don't need to go there 
um, I'm, I, it's there, it's right there, I can see it. Like it was like, literally I didn't have to physically go there anymore. But that doesn't surprise me because that night when I, when I went, to, we, we went to Phoenix, Arizona and we were staying in our hotel room and everything and I had a dream where I was astro traveling. I, I, it was the most flying dream I've ever had in my life. And so whatever had happened in that day came into me and, and, and lifted me in my sleep so, you know, I think when we go to these places, we just have to trust what we get is perfect because, yeah, right. it was amazing. Yeah, I don't think I gotta go. I actually trust the planet first. Did you end up going to Machu, Machu Picchu? No, I haven't Machu done that yet. Picchu? No, and I want to. So bad. Yeah, that's a. <laughs> I hope they don't close it, shut it down before we end up going. My bucket list has really tiny, small font on it because I've got so much that I want to do. <laughs> <Yes>. <clears throat> or it's a really big bucket. <laughs> um, I'm excited because Tony and I are going to Europe in September and um, we're going to 11 countries. And um, <clears throat> yeah, it's gonna be awesome, um, including Iceland. And I'm really looking forward to going to Iceland. And it's not far from Canada, Tony tells me. It's only like a few hours. Why don't you come over? We told Lana. We said, come over, Lana. Oh, I've lost sound. I've lost your sound. I've lost your sound. Uh, should I try calling you again? How about if I disable the video and advance, would that help? I know you've... I'll try and call you again. <laughs> oh man, so funny. Here we go. Let's, let's try again. I'll try, I'll try a video call, see what happens. It's always good to see a live person. Can I hear you? Can you hear me now? Yes! I can hear you. <laughs> this is terrible. Well, well, hey, I'm, 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 I'm a persistent, um, lucky I was born in the year of the dog, and I'm, I'm a Taurian, so you could say I'm like yep. a dog with a bone, and I'm as determined as a bull. Good, which is good. Yeah, very handy. Are you coming to Iceland? I want the Northern Lights. Oh, yes. So we're, we're flying into Reykjavik, which is like the, like, you know, Iceland's like this, and, and Reykjavik's down the bottom there. And then we're, we're actually spending some time in Reykjavik, but then we're driving up to um, the other, Reykjavik, um, I can't remember that. Anyway, it's just up the other side, up the other end, and so it's pretty much, we're going to the highest end of Iceland as well for a couple of nights. So I'm sure I'm sure we should and that's in October. So we should Yeah, so when are you gonna be there? We're gonna be flying into Reykjavik on the second of October. So we'll be there for five nights. One night in Reykjavik, two nights up the other end and two two nights back down in Reykjavik and then fly out to um, Sweden. Then we're flying out to wow. Sweden. Okay. 
and we're doing yeah we, we're going to do like we're doing um like germany when we fly in then we're going to go amsterdam berlin switzerland um munich austria prague um yeah berlin fly out to iceland come back to sweden then denmark norway and then home so that's gonna yeah it's gonna be amazing. sounds amazing yeah and we're driving yeah and it's only going to be what's that uh, five weeks, so we're leaving on the 14th of September and we're flying back to Australia on the 21st of October. Wow. Yeah. That's going to be amazing. You know, the thing that I really loved about travelling to the US and Canada was I thought I was going there to get something. Like, I thought I was actually going there to expand and, you know, receive and learn and elevate my consciousness and all that and, and don't don't get me wrong I'm, sh I'm sure I did and I'm certain I did but what I didn't realize and what I didn't expect was that I was giving something to the places I was going to I felt like as I was there I was activating something as I I didn't expect that that wasn't something that I expected and it happened time after time so that I think that's part of it for me the moment I'm really being called out to these places to bring higher consciousness higher vibrational energy to these places right oh absolutely it could very well be you know the for you to go yeah um, can you see me yeah I can see you I'm just letting people see you I've turned the camera around so that people can actually see I'm talking to, to you uh, so Tony is excited to go too yeah yeah he's excited to go. oh my god he's so excited He's like, oh, we've only got like, you know, less than four months. Well, it's four and a half months. We've worked it out. <laughs> yeah. um, but I mean, having said that, I mean, we're really enjoying everything that's happening now. What's your next trip? Yeah. What's your next trip? Tell me more about what you're planning well, to do. I wanted to go to Sedona. And that's the one place that we already talked about. Mm -hmm. um, another place that I want to go to is... Um, Scotland. I'm really drawn to Scotland, but I also <laughs> have you been? No, Tony. Tony, my next trip is going to be his heritage, Ireland, Ireland, my heritage, yeah. Scotland and Greece. So <laughs> that's our next trip. We're going to do that, and hopefully, fingers crossed, it's going to be um, next. Um, well, we're kind of thinking it might be April 2020 because that's when I'm 50, and I want to. We're thinking might be do might do a bit of a Greek, Greek cruisy as well. Do some cruising around the oh, Greek Islands. Cool. Mm. Well, I want to see where the witches were burned in Scotland. Like I want to go see where you know they had the, the witch burning several hundred years ago yeah. and the Battle of Culloden. Like I want to go kind of do the history uh, yeah. travel uh, expenditure there ex expedition. Did you did you know that did you have you watched the Outlander series on Netflix? I did. I loved it. But yeah. I was always I always was drawn to go to Scotland yeah. anyway, though. So, but that kind of you know enhanced it. Yeah. Did, uh, I was actually so telling you the truth before I moved to Australia. I was supposed to go with my girlfriend to Scotland, mm -hmm. um, but she couldn't get that So I said, forget it. I'm going to go to Australia instead. Yeah. It's like a last minute decision. Oh wow! Oh wow! Well, did you um? Did you did I tell you that my my um, heritage is Lovett Fraser? No, I didn't know that. 
Yeah. I know. You know what changes I know. <laughs> How weird is that? Like I was watching Outlander and then they're saying the Fraser Lovett and what the hell? That's my dad's that's my dad's middle name. My yeah. my dad's middle name is Lovett and his last name's Fraser. And I, and I know his dad's heritage came from Scotland to New Zealand and then my dad was born in Australia. So our line goes up to the Lovett Fraser clan and so um, I can't wait to go to Inverness and um, you know yeah. check it all out because yeah. Um, yeah I reckon I could bring some healing there I think actually as I'm talking to you I kind of feel there's a lot they of healing have, apparently they have tons of haunted castles there that are you know mm -hmm. historic and people travel all over the world to go and see so I definitely got to do some castle uh, touring they might need some. Um, they might need some spiritual resolving. Um, maybe. maybe I need to go there for that reason as well. Bygones, well, bygones be bygones, guys. Come on, free yourselves. But Scotland's huge. Like you meet. I don't know. I want to go to Edinburgh, Edinburgh, Aberdeen, Glasgow. <laughs> oh my God! I'm gonna need more than three weeks there, aren't I? And you're going to have to go tour the lot where the Loch Ness Monster apparently was seen. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be fun. Gosh. Honestly. So in regards, uh, so in regards to um, the Northern Lights, mm. uh, hopefully that you know, because apparently there's, there's two areas that are the most visible in the world, and that's Yukon, Canada, um, and uh, Iceland. Like, those are apparently the two best places to be Yes, at our because we, we live in a place that's a resort. 
<laughs> we we chose that reality. That's good. And you, uh, you still go for your ocean walks? And my what? My what? Your walks by the ocean. Oh yeah, yeah. We went by one this morning. Tony and I went to, on, uh, for a ocean walk. It was gorgeous, actually. It's um coming into uh, well for us. It's it's still like fall. You know how you call it fall. We call it autumn. Um, yeah. It's still fall, but it's um, we're a month off of winter. And usually, the, you know, around about sort of March and February, March, it gets a bit windy because we get a lot of a lot of wind at that time. But around about now, it sort of starts to settle down and we get these absolutely amazingly stunning, just clear blue sky days. Um, and so it's starting to sort of turn itself around and you can see the occasional clear blue sky. A little bit of a chill. When I say chill, it's not chilly, but you know, it's a little bit of a fresh feeling in the air. But it's just like stunning, just stunning. Like, it doesn't feel like, um, you know, it, it's getting colder when you're in the bright sun and you're walking along. You know what I mean? It's just nice. We're a bit spoilt. Absolutely. We're a bit spoilt here. We are. What's that? He's still surfing. Yeah, yeah. He's still surfing. Yeah, he's still surfing. He sure is. Um, yeah, he, um, he loves his surfing and it just, it's like, for him, it's like a big chakra clearing. He goes off for a to have a surf and he comes back and like, Oh, his little dolphin tail wagging, you know, his little dolphin. <laughs> oh, by the way, he said, he said to say hello. Oh, awesome. Tell him hello as well. Send him hug and kiss. Yeah, yeah. He's, um, he's off to Brisbane today doing his, his, um, other work, but he, yeah, he's, um, he sends his love. Kiss. Yeah. international house hunters and um, they've been doing a lot of um, house hunting for the Sunshine Coast I've noticed and um, we're always really interested to see what how, how the Sunshine Coast is advertised as well as like that's not why we watch it actually we just like to see all these other places we could live and how awesome they would be um, and so we, we we just love that show have you seen it no but you're you're about what two hours away from the Sunshine Coast no we're in the Sunshine I can't Coast remember. We're in the Sunshine Coast. Because oh, I, no, I thought we went. We went to we're, the Gold we're, Coast. Gold Coast, okay, that's it, okay. Yeah. We were there and then we drove to the Sunshine Coast, okay. Yeah, exactly, yeah. That's where we live and that. And um, if, we, if we'd had more time, we would have been able to show you Caloundra, which is where we live properly. Yeah, that's okay. I'm going to come back and 
Yeah. What What's happening with you on 5D TV? Tell me more about that too. You've got your Oracle of Wellbeing. You've got your meditation shows. Yeah. We, I mean, we, we did a couple of those um, and uh, worked went pretty well. Uh, and right now I'm just kind of focusing on my, my full-time work uh, at the moment because I teach meditation at work as well Yeah. Um, for first responders. So I do that uh, almost a few times a week. So that's really good. Tell me, tell me more about you. Um, tell me more about what you've developed. You know how um, you've developed. Um, I, was, I was letting people know about this before, but you've developed a um, t um, uh, your own spiritual survival technique. To, are you able to share more right. about that? I'd love to hear more about that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's like a body, mind, spirit sort of thing. So, um, well. It's funny because one of the main reasons I did come to Australia was to to visit that you know indigenous land uh, and kind of learn how the Aboriginals live. I'm really passionate about Aboriginal culture um, and just you know indigenous tribes from you know thousands of years ago because I believe that they were so spiritually connected yeah. uh, in many ways and they were just in sync with the earth and everything they did on a day to day basis always involved you know, um, preserving the earth and like everything was, you know, alive and they took that into consideration, right? Yeah. So just much more spiritual beings as opposed to nowadays where most people are like, okay, so the purpose of life is just get married, go to work, get a job kind of thing, have yeah. kids, etc. right? But I believe that there's so much more meaning to, uh, to life, but it's about finding it, right? Most yeah. people... Okay, so they say, I, I got married, I got the job, I have the kids, now what? So they're feeling a little disconnected because they think that they've achieved all the goals in life, but they still feel emptiness within their heart. Yeah. They're still searching for answers. And, you know, the question is, what's my purpose? What's your purpose? And why are we here? Yeah. And that's where the disconnect lies. Yeah. It's about achieving that greater awareness, greater consciousness, and knowing that there's so much more than just the physical actions that we believe are the main purpose of life yeah so i just developed the technique it involves you know body mind spirit meditation mindfulness on a moment-to-moment -moment basis um if you talk about because uh, i am a nutritionist right and most people that come up to me they're like okay i want to lose 10 pounds yeah. the average amount of weight that most people want to lose is 10 pounds so when i say why do you want to lose 10 pounds most people are like well because i want to I think that, you know, people have to do some soul searching in regards to is that emotional weight or is it physical weight, right? Because mm. we're always thinking that something's wrong with us. We're always trying to strive for perfection when really you could be 10, 15, 20 pounds overweight and still be perfectly healthy. Yeah. All your vitals are, you know, at the range that they should be. You know, your blood pressure's fine, um, you know, all of this stuff. But people still feel that, okay. If I lose 10 pounds, then I'll get the guy and the girl. Or if I lose 10 pounds, my life will be perfect, right? Yeah. There's a disconnect there because we believe you have to achieve that happiness from external sources, but it always yeah. comes from within, right? Yeah. You still there or did I <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you sure are. You sh I am sure. I mean, you're, sh you're here too, but I am. <laughs> I, um, I am here and I am listening and I agree with you. I think that... Um, when it comes to that 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 weight, the, the the clearer we are with our intuition and our senses, our finer senses, the more we realise yeah. if it's emotional, 
um, energy that we're carrying. And not only that, what happens is, is that when, when other people are um, maybe talking and then they, their vibrational energy ships into this dip like a, like a weight, you can feel it. When you're, more, when you're more in touch with it, you can actually feel it, the weight. Which is really helpful because um, if, if you're around someone and, and, and their energy goes boom, and, and then all of a sudden you're wondering why is my energy going boom, it's because perhaps you've, got, you've had an empathic response to that person even. So it's, it can be quite, we think that we're islands, you know, we think that we just exist in our own little narcissistic bubble. But the reality is, is that every single thing that we're feeling, including the weight you're talking about, if it's that emotional weight, that actually transfers across onto other people in terms of their own empathetic or energetic response, both. Um, they can either take it on and carry it, you know, or they can tune into it and go, oh, well, I'm gonna be spending maybe less time with that person because I, I don't really wanna be feeling that heaviness, you know? So if we don't deal with it, it does affect our relationships and it affects our, how much people want to be around us, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Mm, it's a major thing. Yeah, mm. so, and I think a lot of people too, because they'll say, oh, I eat healthy and I'm actually, I'm doing everything right, but I still can't leave with what's happening. And it's like, because you're, you're, you're not getting the point of, you know, why that weight is on. I always say, go, go try some meditation or stress management. Yeah. Um, because every that you take is always, sorry, it's the phone was cussing. Every action that we take is always based on how we feel with, from within, right? Absolutely. Um, everybody what our perception is of ourselves within ourselves. Right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. It has to come from within. You have to have that intention. It has to be that positive intention about feeling good and then you'll naturally gravitate towards eating healthy, taking care of yourself, taking care of your body. It's it's all related, right? Yeah, you'll, yep. you'll actually so. want to be in your body. <laughs> right. right. You know, there's some people sorry. I was gonna say this this thing kept playing on my mind and I know we're out of time soon um, but I, I, I wanted to I, I wanted to sort of talk, talk to you about it um, and, 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 and also how it fits into what we're talking about now actually it kind of I feel it does um, as a first responder for 20 years um, and you'd be able to um, see this and obviously deal with this in your in your everyday existence with your work because you're teaching meditation for first responders now but we, you know, initially might, um, and I'm, I'm generalising, but I'm just going to generalise for a second. I know not everybody would be doing this, but maybe initially attracted to that kind of a job because there's a bit of adrenaline, a bit of risk and a bit of, um, you know, feeling like we can help and solve everything and, you know, do that kind of fix it all, you know, fix it stuff. Um, right. A bit of a combination. And then the irony of that, the shadow part of that is, is that when it, it, it is like that, um, insofar as you know, a continual stream of perhaps adrenaline um, that that gets shot out, and, and then you know it, it it's it's it can really wear out your body and 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 create a um, you know vicarious trauma response where you're just continually in a state of trauma um, over a long period of time and you don't even notice it. Um, so with that, just having said that, in terms of I'm curious as to um, how what you do helps to bring people back to a state of um, not being in that fight or flight all the time. Because I think that would be very good information for people to hear. Yeah, 
how you how you manage that? I think a huge component that is totally overlooked is the mental health component. Um, there's like a mental health continuum, and if if you feel good, you take good actions, right? You take good proper actions to to balance your health, to manage stress, etc. But when people are disconnected um, and they're going through a lot and they're stressed out to the nines, the average person triggers the fight flight uh, the stress response almost 50 times per day. And that comes from uh, Dr. Lisa Rankin, uh, Mind Over Medicine. She talks about that the average person is usually more stressed out than relaxed throughout the entire day. And this is a huge component. And when we're in overdrive and we're burning the candle at both ends, we don't make proper decisions that benefit ourselves or benefit other people. We're going to take it out on the general public. Or Do you know what I mean? Like If we're so stressed out and we're getting lack of sleep, every single reaction will reflect that like we'll have poor judgment, we'll take actions based on lack of sleep. Do you know what I'm saying? Like if, we're, if we're disconnected in that sense, then we have to take a look at that mental health component. Um, that that's a, a large factor in the actions that we take. Yeah. So uh, yeah. If, I really believe that with mental health, you'll take, you'll take good action. Yeah. For mental health, you know what I mean? You're going to make that choice and that decision, et cetera. Yeah. And it reflects the, the way you work. It reflects your relationships. It reflects how you treat Absolutely, and that whole meditation component helps us to really slow down, doesn't it? And really help us to get in tune with what is actually going on, uh, like internally in our physicality, in our mental. What are we thinking? What What's really going on? Stop and have a ha take a breath now, it, doesn't it? It really. It. I've met people seriously, Steph. I have met people that have been so stressed out, like ridiculously stressed out do one meditation and go, oh my God, I had no idea that all I had to do was stop. And yeah. all this information just came to me. I know exactly what I've got to do, blah, blah, blah. Sometimes it takes a little while for some people just to thaw out, you know, just to come back into their body, just to, to sure, oh, I, I, I know that happens too, but some people, geez, you know, they just stop and then all of a sudden they realise what a, mm, incredible um, access to such incredible information they have at their fingertips. Right, absolutely. So um, so some people don't like to, they think, oh, I'm not going to spend 15, 20 minutes meditating. So I actually promote mindfulness. One minute mindfulness moment is so effective in putting yep. that body in the relaxed response, right? It's to relax your entire body, bring you back to your senses, bring you back to awareness, and bring you back to the moment. Do you want to give us so, one? You know, Do you want to give us one? Do you want to give us a one-minute mindful moment? Yeah. Okay. Well, I'll give you a few if you want. Even, so if you just place one hand on your chest and one hand on your abdomen yep. and just start to feel any tingling sensations within your fingertips and start to relax your entire body, just sit comfortably and take a really deep breath in. And then slow down your exhale. Just take it a couple of deep breaths. And then really slow that exhale. And what you're visualizing is, you know, drawing that breath right down to the core of your belly button, gently pushing your diaphragm down as you inhale. And then we're going to gently contract our abdomen as we exhale. And that literally is a mindfulness moment. <laughs> That's a very oh, simple one. That was awesome. So, and that even 
worked while I didn't have my hands on my body while I was holding on the computer. I was still focusing on it and I was still mindful of everything and it does. It expands you from the inside out. It's incredible. Um, creating space, I think, is part of... Create that internal space is part of that real magic that we tap into with our spirituality. Um, we, we, we create what I say like is, is a boundary from the inside out. So what happens is we're able to actually sense out into the world before things even come to us what is what is right or not. And it, we create this more this big expansive energy within our, us to know who we are as well. It's not like we're empty, you know. We, we, we create a we, we expand ourselves. So it's it's a beautiful. It's, it's a beautiful gift and a beautiful offering that you that you bring to us, Steph. And um, thank you so much for thank you so much for joining us. Um, and I I look forward to continuing to connect with you and um, see if we can meet up um, on on some of our awareness travel ex escapades and fun adv fun adventures with our inner child just skipping along. Oh. Thank you, beautiful. <laughs> enjoy, enjoy the rest of your night in Toronto, and um, I should. <laughs> okay, bye. Bye. So that was lovely, lovely to experience um, uh, some of uh, Steph's beautiful mindfulness. I love that. I love her little exercise there. I just wanted to make a couple of announcements. Um, we have uh, tomorrow. Um, we've got Raul, our host, um, with uh, Jacqueline Close-Moore, who's a sixth-generation psychic and the first ever awarded Psychic of the Year in Victoria, Australia in 2004, and psych Psychic Ambassador in 2013. And she, they're going to be coming um, through on a live stream uh, from her South Yarra studio. So if you would love to join in tomorrow, um, I'm sure that they will be awesome. Um, that is at 10.45 in the morning in Brisbane, so that is going to be awesome. And also, I'm going to be on next Tuesday, the 8th of May, with Leanne Barefoot Medium. She's coming in live um, from Colombia and South America. Um, it, that'll be the previous day for, for South America, the 7th, um, Monday the 7th. And so we'll be um, streaming that at 10 a.m. Uh, Brisbane time. So Leanne's the host of Barefoot TV, Barefoot Radio, author and publisher of her very own Temple magazine. Um, so we have a few um, uh, upcoming episodes with other, with other hosts coming up to be announced soon. So we'll let you know as soon as we've got all the details. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Lots of love. Have a beautiful day. And remember to keep your conversations. Every conversation can be an enlightened conversation if you take an enlightened point of view. Lots of love.